So I'm really curious, like uh, when, like when did you start making things like what you make now, and what did it look like? Yeah, um, my mom told me that I started drawing when I was four, which sounds about right, because I was pretty much as far back as I can remember. Um, and I remember sitting at this table in our den in our house growing up in Teaneck, New Jersey, um, usually across from my sister. And I would just draw people. I would usually draw, like, start with, like, a girl. And, like, I would often build on, like, her friends or her family. And I would just, and my sister would, like, color them in when I was done. I would, like, pass it to her and she would color them in. It was sort of just something I always have done. And my style hasn't changed that much. I still sort of start in the same way, like, sort of with a character. I start drawing the face usually like a U shape is it like tilted or like what are they doing and I kind of go from there the rest of it sort of builds off of one character so I'm here with Anna Lusberg who's an illustrator based in New York City and whose body of work among many things includes hundreds of vividly colored illustrations of people living in a moment in their daily lives Anna has created images of people walking dogs, of people riding subways, of a couple in a quaint cafe, of a pink umbrella in a rainstorm. It is truly an impressive array of just these drawings of small moments in people's lives. And we're talking now about one of her most recent works, an image called Quarantina. You know, I drew this piece, Quarantina, in April. And, um... At that point, you know, it was definitely a height of like, stay at home. You know, I live in New York City, it was not safe. My family members wouldn't see me. Um, I was feeling extra lonely in April. You know, that's when I was like, really like faced with the loneliness, like, and just kind of dealing with that. So Quarantina is an image of a woman laying on a couch, sort of, she's reclined very comfortably. And it's a extremely colorful image. Behind her are a number of different paintings and uh, illustrations. A bookshelf with tons of books on it and on the floor there's this beautiful patterned rug. It's clearly a woman kind of in her space, like at peace, but sort of lonely as well. And there's a speech bubble coming out of the woman's mouth that says, am I going to die alone? I feel like everybody, everybody's going through this, this like internal world that they suddenly have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, but I think especially in the earlier half of this year, like we've kind of morphed collectively into a different space now where we're still very much dealing with it. Um, but it feels like it's a different phase now. Like this was definitely early on, right? Like where um, in April it was Passover and I felt I didn't know I would be so sad to not be able to um, and feel so like, I don't know, I just felt like I was missing out on such a night. Like, I, I had no idea I was going to feel so down about missing Passover with <laughs> my family. Um, and we all got on Zoom and I was like, oh, this is not it, man. This is not how I want to spend my time on this earth. But, um, you know. I know what you mean, for sure. So, yeah. So, so yeah, just bringing it back to this piece. Um the artwork, um, 
you know, that's not exactly my couch. I don't exactly have that rug, but it's, there are a lot of pieces in it that are very much like me and my things, me being surrounded by my things. So I almost didn't draw a speech bubble coming out of her mouth. Uh, But then I was like, nah, I'm going for it. This is it. This is like the fear. You know, this is the fear I'm feeling. Um, It's the fear I was feeling at that time. Um, And, you know, I go, I talk to a therapist nearly every week. And she, she and I were talking a lot at that time about like, you know, fears, right. And like how we all have them and like kind of how to sit with them and explore them more and things like that. So that's why when I was like, nah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. If you don't mind, like just explaining, like, what is your, uh, like daily life? Like, do you have a job outside of art and what do you do? And then where does kind of drawing fit into your life? So I do, I've never done this full time. I'm not like a full time illustrator. I mean, I tell people I'm an artist, but it's not what I do with the majority of the hours of my day at all. I'm usually squeezing in drawing, honestly, late at night. Sometimes I get up early because I like mornings. Um, but it's usually done at night, like after work. Um, I'm currently working for an interior designer, a highly creative individual uh, based in Brooklyn. I've had all different jobs. I mean, it, it almost feels like every year I have a new job, which is kind of like how I am, just moving around a lot. I've I've worked two jobs a lot of the time, um, and I would do my art, so that's what I mean when I say I, I'm always like running around like crazy. Like I'm not joking or exaggerating, <laughs> you know, during holiday, I worked at, I work in anthropology. Like I just do that every year. I don't know. It's just like fun. I like my discount and it's kind of a nice place to work. And I always meet cool people. Um, I've done commissions this year from colleagues of mine at anthropology. Like you just never know. It's New York. I just like to like be out and about. Yeah, that's, that's great. So as you move about New York, like what, where in your life do you find things worth drawing? Yes. I mean, they're pulled directly. My ideas are pulled directly from real life experience, um, whether it's something I'm going through or a close friend of mine is going through. Those like themes or like issues or just even little silly things show up in my drawings. Um, it'll be a conversation I had. Sure, like sometimes I've drawn things I've overheard that I wasn't a part of, but usually I'm, I'm a part of it in some way. It'll come from a conversation that I'll like stick in my mind. Um, like, you know, I live in New York. I mean, there's so much to see and do every single day. So I, I try to like keep my eyes open and up at everything, like the food cart, like the, the guy selling fruits on the corner, like he's out there at 7am every day, you know, it's just like, just everything, just keeping my eyes open is something that I do because yeah, what what are other specific things that you've seen that you've drawn? I'm looking at there's one other here that's just like a group of people like listening to music or standing or or smiling at each other on a subway car all with I voted stickers on. Yes. <laughs> um I mean, that was an illustration I created specifically for an open call to encourage New Yorkers to vote. I look at people on the subway all the time. It's such a great place, like, especially as I'm riding uptown, like, it'll be, like, usually 30 minutes for me or a little over 30 minutes to get to Harlem from wherever I am um, in any direction. And it's just, like, you have time to look around and see what people are doing, what they're wearing, what they're holding, carrying, what they're doing. Um, I'm, like, used to it in a way, but 
there's always something else or new or absolutely strange or appalling going on on the subway. Or it can be really peaceful and normal. It's like definitely a great equalizer of the subway. Yeah. I think it's one of like the great, like the greatest things about being like, like for my work too, that we've talked about this is like that, that we're able to like take these like moments in life that are very small and very personal and very local and, and like super, like they're the kind of moments you'd never talk about. Like I would never explain to somebody that I saw a group of people on a subway and there was this guy who lifted his arm a certain way. And that was like, but when I film for documentaries, like those are the things that like I'm really locked into, you know, like that's what, that's what I'm looking for because mm, you have to capture that so we can feel it. Exactly. And I, I think I recognize in your stuff too, like that, like there are all these like just little moments. They're like, they're just like these little things. And I, I don't know, it's just, it's just, I'm drawn to that. And I, I just wonder, like, I wonder, I try to imagine being you thinking, seeing something and then going, I'm going to, I'm going to draw that one, that one I'm going to draw. And I'm just trying to get at like, what are like, how do you differentiate the moments in life, the 10 million other moments you don't draw with the ones that you end up deciding to draw? Yeah. And I don't know if you can. I'll try. I don't know. I mean, it's, well, for one thing, I can't draw everything. Like there are certain things I do stay avoid because it's too complicated to draw. And I tend to draw things from a certain perspective as well, right? Like even this piece, for instance, NYC Votes is what I call it. Um, it's like, there's no one blocking my view, right? Like it is sort of cropped in a way, but in real life, I might be having to like peer around somebody because there's usually a lot of bodies clustered in a space, even now, <laughs> just saying, um, everyone's wearing masks, but no one's really social, you know, physically distanced, but whatever. Oh God. <laughs> no, it's, it that's, just doesn't really happen. To be in rural America. Yeah. It's a little nerve wracking, but it's, again, it's just like. New Yorkers don't care. They think they're invincible. They don't want to change. It's just like a whole thing. But um, yeah, like even this piece, like, I don't know. They're just what people do. They're holding the bar. They're reading something. They're looking in their phone. You know, there's someone with a dog. So you're like watching it. You don't step on the dog or whatever on the trip. <laughs> um, there's people talking. Sometimes they're talking across the aisle and everyone has to hear their conversation <laughs> or they're just talking amongst themselves. Um, but like the way this is drawn is like straight on. Um, again, this piece was for an open call. So I was trying to communicate the point that uh, like the goal of this piece was to communicate that like all different people went out to go vote or going to vote. So it's, I don't know, like it's real, but it's also like a certain perspective. So depending on the message I'm trying to communicate. So like you're saying like, okay, when you're out in the world and you're like, I'm going to draw that. It's such a variety. It really depends. Like I'll, I'll tell you, like on my phone case here, you see this piece. It's like a woman in a black and white coat walking to a black dog and a white dog. Yeah. And she's got like a, like, is that her ha crazy hair and like yeah. a cool jacket? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Like blowing sure. in the breeze. So I was looking out of my window here in this apartment in Harlem and I actually saw an older man walking a little white fluffy dog and a little black fluffy dog. So that's how I came up with this. I was like, I just loved it. I loved it. I just watched them stroll. You know, he was older. 
so they were walking not too fast and I just got to like watch them from up above on my fifth floor window like down at the avenue because I look out over the, the corner and that's like my spot I love sitting by the window and looking out and I don't I can't say that I often get ideas on what to draw from looking out the window even though I look out of the window all the time I don't often see things that I like definitely want to draw but that was just something I saw that I loved and I just kind of used that to create that piece um that's that's great my mom calls them slice of life which is what like you were sort of getting at like these little moments she always calls them slice of life drawings so I don't know where she got that from but it's probably a term from like I don't know literary world or something but it's (laughs) interesting like I just I don't know I, I don't really have a question I'm just trying to like talk about something specific I guess like the slices of life like it's it's an interesting like are are you like religious at all? Would you consider yourself like a very religious or spiritual person? Uh, no, I'm not. Um culturally Jewish, yes. Um but not religious really. I mean, a little spiritual for sure. Yeah, I I guess one the reason I asked it was very out of left field, I realized, but there was like a, a loose connection. But the reason I ask is like I guess part of the documentarian inside of me is I probe things like incessantly, you know, like it's just like I'm I I, I want to go like a little bit further. <laughs> it's like why 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 why, um, but uh, like thinking about this idea of like slices of life and and finding this like like little moment that is somehow somewhat universally relatable that you feel like is like a. a a piece that at least you want to convey to the people, you know, you know, like you just want to show this, this moment, this, this like goofy man and his two dogs or whatever. Um, like I just, it's, it's just interesting that there's a animal alive in the world that does that. (laughs) Like the humans do that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it's just like, do you think there's like other species that do shit like that? Or is it like, if you take it, if you think about it as like a, like what's happening, it's kind of a weird thing to do, to like see something, laugh at it, draw it, share it with people. I don't know. I I, I just I just always try to make sense of like, like what the role that plays in, in a in like a society is. But I, I wonder for you, like if you've thought about it all, like what these little moments mean in in a more like, existential or a more like, sort of more relating to humanity, way. If that makes sense at all yeah it makes sense um i'm like whoa but it makes sense <laughs> it's... yeah i understand yeah it's a bit like <laughs> you also could not think about it and that's fine too but... no i do though it's not it's not like a foreign question i mean it's it's just like yeah i because i do think about and care about what i'm saying or communicating very much so like i like i told you i see it in my head i don't just sit down and see what comes out like i'm not an abstract painter i don't just you know, use emotions to throw colors onto a canvas or something like it's very much like I have a point I'm trying to say. So I do absolutely think about it and like what the point is. And um, I think it has it boils down to storytelling and the importance of that in society. Right. I mean, you're a documentary filmmaker, you know, we're sharing people's experiences and telling stories. And even you, like you've said um, to me about the films you create, 
you're also telling a story from what the stories you're gathering from others, right? Like you end up kind of, um, I don't know how you say it, curating it in a sense that's going to be communicated in a certain way. You're telling a certain story from the facts or the truth or whatever that is, right? Um, and it's just like, you know, and I, I apologize if I didn't explain that well, but I, I do understand. No, you did like, for sure. I understand what, what you're you saying. do, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. like, for me, I think the importance of storytelling, it is important. It's something humans do, right? It sets us apart from other species. Um, we care about the way people put things together, not just the fact that they created a shelter, but like there's a whole, you know, there are whole fields of design, right? Like raccoons don't do that. They just want to find a shelter, you know? And it's like survival, but that's not enough for us because our brains can like, it's, it's the way you do anything. Right. So I think like sharing perspectives, um, yeah, we can all be in the same room and notice different things and not notice what the person next to you was fixated on. And you could be in the same space as them. So by sharing stories, by sharing perspectives, we can learn so much more just for our own growth, but just like for, um, you know, like how, like why exist in a world with other people if you don't care about what anyone else thinks? I think it's all just like you learn and grow more by hearing other people's stories, by reading books, like, you know, by looking at art. It's someone's perspective. You don't have to like it, but you'll learn your, your world is expanded by experiencing art. What kinds of um, experiences have you had with your drawings, your illustrations that, uh, where you felt like someone else really connected to your stories and where you felt like you were doing some of those things with, with someone else? I had a solo exhibition. I did my own pop-up show and it was called What's Mine is Yours, Illustrated Memories by Anna Lustberg. And I called it that because I'd heard the term What's Mine is Yours before and I always like thought about it after I would hear it from one place or another. Like this expression, this saying, I don't know, what is it? What's mine is yours. And I felt like my experiences, although yes, they're unique to me, Anna has had her own experiences, other people have had them too. Like everything I've experienced Right. Like there's a whole genre in films and books called coming of age. Like we all go through that in our own ways. We can all relate, you know. But um, so that's kind of what where I was coming from with that title and the theme, the artwork that I created for that exhibition, which lasted about a week. Um, it was in the Lower East Side on Rivington Street. And it was like all glass. The front of the space was glass. So people could like kind of see the work and. I, I was in there like it was me. I didn't have another salesperson there helping me or anything. I was just in there. So I got to see people react and I saw people walk by, you know, some people weren't interested, but like a lot of people would like one thing would catch our and they'd come in or, or they'd be like standing outside and I'd be like, come in, come in. And they'd be like, oh, okay, whatever. Cool. And they'd like come in and some people again, like didn't want to share what it was, but I could see that they were reacting in some way or they would take to a particular piece, like as I kind of moved around and looked at all the work and then um, moments of 
connection I would say were had when I would really engage in a conversation with someone about the topic in the work, right? Like they're not even talking to me about like, how do you make your work or like, how do you frame it? Like, I'm, I'm happy to talk about that too, but from, it's more about the content and the message and like what's going on in the work. Like there are people, I love when people like aren't even concerned about the medium at all or like any of the other stuff, just more like we're talking about the story. Like that's how I know someone's like connected to it. Are there, are there any specific, like, like very specific stories that you'd be willing to share of someone like going back to that art gallery, maybe, or maybe it was a different time um, of, of just like, it doesn't have to be like a grand meaningful, like experience, but somebody who really connected to something like, can you give us like a really specific example that comes to mind? Yeah, totally. Um, Cause this really sticks out to me as one of the moments from my show, my exhibition where these were, I was illustrating personal, like memories from my life and everything that I had was not from like a photograph or anything. They're just like scenes I had in my mind that I wanted to share. And even though a lot of them were quite personal, I had a great conversations with people who saw their own life stories in some of the pieces. And I was really struck by a number of people um, who kind of ended up telling me the same thing about one of my pieces, which I didn't expect. It's a piece called We're Getting Divorced. And it's the moment when my parents like sat my sister and me down. We were sitting in that den and that table is in there that I used to sit and draw at when I was four. And there's the coffee table and that had like the videos on it, you know, like VCR, you know, videos would be on the table. And like, I just like remembered where everything was because I don't live there anymore. I don't have like pictures of that room. Uh, it wasn't a particularly nice, like it was like a den, like all the walls were wooden panels and we had these floral couches. <laughs> so it like, you know what I mean? So it was like a distinctive room and it was distinctive for me because I had spent a lot of time there and it was a house I grew up in. Um, and I drew my mom on the couch and my dad over there. My sister was sitting over there. And like so many, so you could really see the room in the scene and, and the perspective was kind of up above looking down because that's how I remember it. Even though I'm in the piece, I'm in the piece. It's like the back of my head. Cause I'm sitting like, it's, it's just kind of how I think of it in my brain. Like when I like recall that time. So reactions I got to that piece were getting divorced were so much about the decor that I took time to show in that room. Some people ask me, are you from New Jersey? I'm like, yes, why? <laughs> you know, like, how do you? And they're like, my living room looked like that. Like the 90s, like that looks like our house. You're from New Jersey? I'm like, yes. Like, I guess that's how a lot of homes in New Jersey looked. And so many different people, different ages remarked on the style of that room. And of course, you know, those conversations often led to like different family moments that people had there because it's a den. Like, it's just, I mean, yeah, there's a TV, but like we had like cabinets that closed over the TV, which was just more wooden panels like in that room. And, um, it was like kind of dark and, um, it's just, it was just really cool to hear people talking about like, or sharing stories with me about like when their parents got divorced and they kind of had like a similar thing. They're like, Oh shit. Like, they sat us down like that too, you know? And it was like, yeah, man. Um, and we could, 
we could share that, you know, I'll, I would go into it more personally and say like, yeah, like that. I remember that moment I was feeling bad for my parents, not myself. I remember, I think my sister and I were like just in shock because my parents never fought. There was no like nastiness or harsh, you know, like it wasn't like everyone was surprised when my parents got divorced. So it was like that moment was them like in my mom is showing some emotion in the picture. Like she's like, like I drew like a tear kind of thing. And my mom was like, oh, I'm crying. You know, when she saw it at the thing, I'm like, mm, but you were, but it's all right. But you know, like you would be if you're talking, you know, like she wasn't bawling. She was just like tears were coming out, you know, while they were sharing this like really sad news with us. And I remember sitting there kind of going, oh my gosh, this ties back, this ties back to the quarantine piece where like, I remember sitting there and looking around the house after I had the we had that talk and then we kind of like split up and everyone like took their own time to themselves. Like I went to my room and I was looking around and I was like, this house doesn't feel like a home anymore because everything's going to change. It's like not the same now. I don't look at it the same anymore. Like the furniture, like the pictures, like everything that like we took time to like build, you know, and like everything felt like, mm, like it's not home anymore. It's not going to be we knew things would change so yeah I think like and that's also why I took time to detail that room in the way that I did in that piece um, and it's just so interesting how it reached people but it was just true to learn more about Anna Lustberg's work you can visit her website www.annalustberg.com Anna is also making available four limited edition prints of Quarantina. For more information about buying those, you can contact Anna, whose email is available on the podcast website. <laughs>